Welcome to On The Couch with James Field and Ian Harris. It's episode 39 for the 4th of April, 2007. Hi there, Ian. How's it going? James, it's very sunny. There's beautiful white fluffy clouds in the sky and um, I'm getting my dose of sunshine. Well, I'm biting my duvet here in England, freezing cold, <laughs> but it is bright and sunny outside and I can hear the birds sing. So. Oh, lovely. Very nice. Very nice indeed. Um, so you're over in sunny Australia. I am in the UK. So you're going to be topping us up with a bit of international Oz news in a second, I believe. Absolutely. Uh, I can give us a bit of UK news. Um, we're going to do international content, IPTV, a bit of mobile, some gaming and any other kind of gadgety news we can think of. Absolutely. So this is episode number 39. Indeedy. Fantastic. 39. But a big 4-0 next week, eh? Yes. So what's happening in the UK at the moment? Um, quite a bit of kind of news at the moment uh, in the pay TV industry with um, movement of the FA Cup, the... Um, one of the main sporting events here, soccer, obviously, mm-hmm. um, the Football Association uh, Cup final, and also England home games have now moved away from Sky, which is the largest satellite platform here in the UK, yeah. uh, and the BBC, which is the national broadcaster, and have been bought by ITV, which is uh, was a or is the largest commercial station here in the UK. Uh, but obviously, it's quite a big coup for them to take this uh, major sporting event because most pay television is driven by sports or even advertising i suppose is uh, live absolutely sports, so uh, and obviously we're all soccer mad here in the uk so that's uh yeah, so that's a big change for itv to get that one yeah and hopefully i mean its ratings have been on a bit of a slide it's been mm. having a bit of a shake-up um interesting i suppose that i think sky has 18 percent of their business as well through this bizarre cross-media ownership stuff that goes on here in the uk oh, so. that's right yes mm. Mm, okay uh, and another thing that's happened uh, which i guess is remarkable is Another sort of foray into the, the kind of pay TV space by Virgin Media, which, as mm-hmm. some of you may know, is this uh, the rebranded name for the cable company here in the UK, uh, which was NTL and Telewest. They merged, Virgin came in, they adopted the Virgin branding. Uh, it's obviously the Branson Empire. Mm-hmm. And they're starting a new service, um, doing a, a bundle, basically, uh, right. for places. Even I mean, I'm, I'm out here in the countryside in the UK. I don't have cable. There's no chance cable ever coming here, but they're actually now offering a seemingly a nationwide service for £20, 30 right. euros, about uh, $40, I suppose, uh, for TV, about 27 channels of TV, 8 megabits of internet, unlimited, anytime phone uh, over DSL. So wow, uh, they're offering, which is uh, quite new. It does look quite interesting from a consumer perspective. Uh, and obviously that's, a, is, that's a bit of a bargain, £20 for all that. That's fantastic. Yeah, I'm not sure uh, details-wise whether you still have to get a line rental from your incumbent provider, mm-hmm. um, which might obviously bumps it up by approximately eleven pounds, um, but it does seem to be uh, quite a good deal. I must say, worth a worth a peek, mm. but it'll put downward pressure on everyone else. So it's actually that, that enables Virgin to expand beyond just uh, the Ables, uh, the areas that cable are in, and essentially exactly. cover the whole country. Yeah, which is a, a bit of a change. And I mean, the thing that appeals to me is the kind of all-you-can-eat tariff, because presumably. If they're offering TV over a DSL as well, they can't really start metering it. Um, unless no, exactly. they do, I guess, different port numbers or something, mm. it seems a bit... Uh, certainly what I did before when I, I was living in Hong Kong, I, I took the um, 
the TV package simply because it was then all you can eat internet as opposed to a cap. Right. So, uh, uh, and I think caps are becoming more important on uh, internet services. I don't know about you, but uh, mm. even it's normally fair use. I was, uh, I'll talk a bit later on and have a look at a new phone uh, this week. And I was saying that I want to be able to surf the internet on this new phone because it's got a huge screen. Mm-hmm. Um, and I said, what's the cap? They said, it's unlimited. And I said, well, there's got to be a cap on it. And very small print, it was three gigabits per month. So, All right. Um, but very small print. And he said, no one's ever asked that before. <laughs> um, but I mean, if you're moving around a lot of media, that's, uh, it does become important. Yeah. I mean, that's not a lot of TV. Um, no. It depends if it's VGA TV. If you watched a football match, uh, and we've reported before about people can get uh, nailed on, on hitting the caps. And mm. certainly with my new game systems and stuff, downloading a gigabyte of game demo really starts cutting into any allowance you might have to. Hmm. Interesting. Anyway, you're over in Oz. Um, Indeed. What's the news? I hear there's been a bit of uh, shake-up in the media stuff. Yeah. Now, this has been planned for a little while, as in the uh, the legislation was put through Parliament a year ago. Uh, so it's been, it's been in the pipeline for a while, but... Uh, and they sent you over to sort it through, push it through. Exactly, make it all happen. That's right. That's the kind of guy I am. Uh, but uh, it's uh, Australia's had a fairly uh, draconian, I would have to say, uh, media ownership, content, and uh, uh, and um, basically mm-hmm. control by the government in a regulatory framework that's that's fairly comprehensive over pay TV, media, newspapers, and so on for quite some time. So what you can play out? Or yeah, a bit of everything, really. It, it prevents. Mm-hmm. Uh, people from owning uh, more than a certain number of newspapers and uh, television stations in a certain market. It prevents uh, essentially any sort of uh, significant foreign ownership of any media companies. Um, it specifies right. a certain amount of content needs to be uh, locally, as in Australian made, uh, right. and uh, also uh, very strictly it doesn't sound stipulates. too dissimilar from many kind of Asian countries, really. Right to try and protect the local businesses and. Um so what's changed? Well, what's changed now? Oh, the, and the other aspect that, that is, is um, essentially what happened a few years ago is that the, uh, the free-to-air television stations were going down the tube, uh, so the government stepped in to save them, and one of the things they did is to specify that uh, certain very popular sporting events were to be shown on free-to-air as opposed right. to pay television. And those, those mm-hmm. laws are called anti-siphoning laws, so you're not allowed to... Uh, yeah, uh, there are some certain TV. protected events. I guess same thing mm. happens in the UK, where things like Wimbledon and things like that have to be shown or cannot be sold, right? To to pay TV, they're they're public access in a way, right? So, for example, in, treasures. if uh, if uh, the Premier League soccer in the UK, for example, uh, which is currently mm-hmm. f- pretty much on Sky, as uh, yeah. uh, uh, in Australia, that equivalent sort of thing would only be allowed to be shown on a free to air channel. So, right. what's changed is uh, quite a few things, not least of which is that the anti- anti-siphoning laws are still in place, um, right. after a lot of pressure from the people that own the, the uh, free-to-air channels, uh, but there's a kind of uh, use-it-or-lose-it uh, policy put in place now, as in if the free-to-airs don't actually broadcast these events, and there's lots of uh, secondary events that aren't actually broadcast at all, um, right. the, you know, like non-event, you know, football matches and so if on. The that guys at the bottom of the league, so no one's playing kind of stuff. Yeah. Uh, so that frees that up slightly. Um, but the other significant thing I thought was interesting was that um, uh, digital TV has been in Australia for a few, good few years now. But uh, in order to, in order for the free-to-air channels to get the bandwidth to put up digital TV, 
they've been required by law to have, uh, I think it's about 120 hours a month of HD programming broadcasting. Yeah, I remember cast. being involved in that process at the very beginning. It seemed a bit crazy. It was mm. at that stage. I think it was to try and make sure there was no bandwidth for anyone else to get in. They they, yeah. they actually lobbied to make sure they had to have HD simulcast, yeah. which kind yeah. of made digital a bit. You know, it was a bit crazy. So that's all gone away now. So uh, okay. essentially, uh, a free-to-air channel that has this bandwidth already can now use that bandwidth for a bunch of SD channels instead. So is HD dead in Australia? Well, this is this is the feeling at the moment. As far as Freddie's are concerned, they, they've been much more uh, keen on producing a bunch of SD channels than they yeah. have in uh, in being able to in wanting to broadcast HD because uh, well, I know be- everyone over there is a bit sort of early adopter style, but. I mean, is HD, is it big? Or? It's funny because Australia is a very technologically advanced country in terms of the take-up of, of new gadgets and technology mm-hmm. and everything like that. They, you know, the, they had the biggest take-up of mobile phones when it was first introduced and so on. There's all, all these sort of stories like this. Yeah. But HD has been a real, I don't know, it's just been a real struggle because, you know, our broadcasts, you know, PAL looks really good and HD looks better, but it doesn't look, you know... The, the amount of cost for screens. Set. I mean, the houses are a bit bigger over there in Oz, right? Still, <laughs> you right, have to upgrade so. your big set. <laughs> um, so I don't know. It, it just hasn't been the kind of killer uh, thing that you know it has been in the, in the US. Um, mm. And I don't know. I don't quite know why, to be honest. Could be the death knell or death bell. I don't know what is it. Death knell bell. Death, death knell, knell definitely. Be, yeah, I don't know. Well, could mean HD is is maybe on the wane in Australia potentially. Uh, if there's less content, will be broadcast. Is that the way it is, or just less repeats? Probably. Um, but I think mm. um, I don't know. It'll be an interesting experiment to see if, uh, given that when the, when the analog spectrum uh, is freed up and more digital channels are available, whether HD will take off at that point. Um, again, I think it's again it comes it comes down to the content, and mm-hmm. I think the movie content, like on the PS3 or HD DVDs, is probably where. Um, HD is going to make going to make its mark, but um, I don't know. I think uh, HD, as far as free to air is concerned, is is over. I expect right. most of the free to air. They've start. already upgraded all their broadcast chain. They've got all the hardware in there. Yeah, in so terms of play out, absolutely. Over. But you know, it's mm. um, maybe just the Christmas special from now on, right? Yeah, maybe so. Um, but mm. we'll see. The other, so there's some of the other changes that have happened is um, uh, the foreign foreign ownership uh, has been uh, removed. Right. The media is still seen as a. The government has a, a concept of. Uh, Propaganda kind of angle. <laughs> it has a concept of a special foreign interest in terms of certain right. industries, like, for example, um, ports and airports and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, it takes an interest in companies that are foreign that want to own a certain percentage of, of companies. So the media is still categorised as one of those, but it's just it's not against the law to, you know, for a foreign company to own 80% of a, a TV channel, for example, okay. as it was. Are there any moves afoot for anyone to jump in and put money in? Or? Well, this is the, this is the thing. There's uh, all the free-to-air um, uh, stations that are on the stock market have jumped in price today because everyone's expecting someone foreign to jump in and try and uh, take over. Nothing's right. happened as yet as as all of uh, yeah. as of today, all of eight, uh, six hours or so, <laughs> nothing's happened as yet, yeah. but... Uh, We'll see. We're so, only just waking up in the rest of the world. So that's right. We're, we're ahead of the game yeah. over here. Okay. Well, that's something to watch anyway, isn't it? You, maybe you'll have more news next week when you're back. So It is. So uh, it's um, freed things up a lot, but um, no one's quite sure exactly what it means in terms of the real world yet. So we'll follow that and see what happens.
Excellent. Well, another little bit of international news is China. Obviously, um, there, well, maybe you don't know, there was a China um, had a major sort of cable trade show uh, last week, CCBN, mm-hmm. in Beijing. And or the director of the or something, the AAA or something like uh, that. I think it's a, yeah, something like a- that. ACCC. That's right. Something like that. Yeah, so something a bit like that, but the Chinese equivalent, they've announced that they're on track for digitization. They've got, obviously, the big target of the Olympics next year. Mm-hmm. And the um, chap there, Zhang Tao, was uh, mentioning that uh, broadcasting was still a high priority, and they were going to set the Chinese standard for digital terrestrial broadcasting, which, as, as our listeners may recall, China's aiming for a slightly different standard to DVB-T or ATSC. Mm-hmm. They're going for their own flavor to protect their chipset business and better suited to uh, Chinese technology. And I guess... To, yeah. So they don't have to uh, burden the consumers with having to pay MPEG LA royalties or other royalties that sit in there. So that's that Chinese news. Um, content moving swiftly on. Mm-hmm. Um, I think kind of maybe a, a big news, not so much sort of TV related, but certainly related to media is um, Steve Jobs was over in London and announced with EMI on iTunes they're going to drop the Fair Play DRM just on the EMI content, uh, which I think is bit of a move. I mean, there was that statement made by Jobs a few few months back saying that you know, he only does it because the record companies make him do it and he'd drop and it. And he's a record a, company saying, yeah, let's drop it. Let's drop it. And it. But it's not quite so simple if you look at the details. They're dropping it, but only in exchange for more money. That's right. Uh, and, and the trade-off there is you're getting a higher bitrate tune. I mean, you're an audiophile, Ian. Mm-hmm. Um, can you tell the difference between... Is it uh, 256 kilobit AAC and 128 you kilobit definitely, AAC? definitely can tell the difference. I mean, 128 kilobit mm. is, uh, is pretty good, actually. It's, it's not too bad, but it's not, it's not quite mm. CD quality. Um, right. 256 is a lot closer to it. And in fact, 256 is getting pretty close to, be, to being indistinguishable from, uh, from the original uncompressed. Yeah. I, mean, I think that's the content. angle, saying if you bought a CD, that's effectively what you're doing. Yeah, you're exactly. You're natively lossless encoded quality. Um, and, and I think... We talked last week about maybe iTunes being able to upgrade to a um, kind of a um, what is it upgrade complete your album stuff, and mm. they're doing that at the same time. And you can do that with the CMI content as well. You can oh, really? So you can upgrade, upgrade the content? That's great. Yeah, if you've already bought it, you can upgrade it. But I mean, I don't know about you, but I don't know the music I've bought, which sort of record company is who's is promoted it. Right. How do you know which so one's EMI be, and which one's not? Well, I mean, I guess as a consumer, you don't care. So it could no, be confusing. You, you know, it will be confusing, I'm sure. Mm. Uh, so, but I guess maybe the others will follow suit. And uh, interestingly enough, it doesn't apply to videos, I believe. Uh, okay. Um, but it does apply to some music videos. Mm. So, well, this yeah, is, so I, think I mean, quite, if EMI ends up making money by selling their content for 30% more than the normal iTunes content, then, yeah. and that's the conditions by which other... Record companies. Record companies. <laughs> Other record companies can uh, uh, get their extra 30% on that, then, you know, they, they may well yeah. be willing to give up the DRM in exchange for a stack more cash. Yeah. Well, let's let's uh, watch and see, watch and see. Mm. Uh, there's also um, Sky in the UK have tied up with Google mm-hmm. um, to start. I think it's kind of Skycast and Google seems to be more um, offering some Google content on... Uh, on Sky, a bit like sort of YouTube, Google, um, so you can actually see that on uh, on a basically another virtual channel, maybe a, a bit like current TV, but more focused on Google content. So, all right, so you can actually so, watch it on Sky. Yeah, but, but only the sort of top. T- it seems like a, a view of it, so okay. like some many others are doing. The other stuff that uh, YouTube, I guess Google related, I picked up. They're, they're using some company called Audible Magic, which mm-hmm. there's been a lot of noise recently about um, record companies again 
uh, and, and indeed Viacom and others making YouTube take off content, which is essentially um, copyrighted. Absolutely. And have you ever submitted stuff to YouTube, Ian? Have you I've never actually done that, you know. I, yeah. I've never had I submitted pleasure. a couple of videos and stuff, but they say, you know, this is being uh, viewed or edited to make sure that it's acceptable. Right. Clearly, they don't have any people doing it. They use, presumably, this stuff like Audible Magic, which listens to the soundtrack and then does pattern matching to see if it matches any sort of licensed or copyrighted music. Okay, uh, because that was one of the problems that YouTube said they'd, they promised they'd actually put this stuff together and uh, there hasn't been, we, we haven't got the impression that they actually have done anything useful with it as yet. Yeah. So they're actually using this stuff now. Yeah, allegedly. Allegedly. Mm. Okay. We, we shall see. Okie dokie. Um, IPTV, a uh, bit of news over here in Europe. Um, Fastweb, who's I think always been touted as one of the kind of world leaders in it. Um, um, the same guy, I think, who does Fastweb that set up um, Babelgum, the sort of mm-hmm. the competitor to, to Juiced. Yeah. Um, but essentially, in Italy, uh, Fastweb have now accepted a, an offer from Swisscom, yeah. um, which I guess is the Swiss national, but now uh, privatised uh, telephone company, mm-hmm. to basically take control of uh, Fastweb. So. Wow. That's the Swiss moving into uh, to Italy. Um, and there was some speculation about Mediaset, one of the other media conglomerates in Italy, might have made a counteroffer, but it seems to have not happened. Mm-hmm. Um, so that values uh, Fastweb at about $5 billion. That's so, incredible. Uh, that gives uh, this Silvio Scagliana, Scaglia, sorry, mm-hmm. um, that, that uh, gives him a bit of cash in his pocket to make Babel Networks. Definitely. Um, well, I mean, at that point, you've got to say, look, Juiced, you know, I don't know how much money Juiced has behind it. Well, it's got eBay, eBay's uh, purchase of Skype's well, money. Founder. It's got a couple, <laughs> of bill, <laughs> a couple of billion behind he's it. He's got he's got deep pockets as well, but that's uh, maybe that's an industry to go for. There's going to be bags of money fl- sloshing around in that. Absolutely. Um, so uh, that uh, uh, gives you some idea about how seriously uh, people now consider uh, IP IPTV mm-hmm. as in internet television, and we're now looking right. at. Uh, $7 billion is available for, invest, for investment in that sort of area, so uh, it's no small amount of cash. Exactly, exactly. And uh, where shall they start giving away PCs, that's what I say. <laughs> that's right. Because <laughs> that's the downside at the moment. You need a PC. You need to spend the money first. Yeah, you, you need to buy a PC and you need to have that, that broadband all-you-can-eat connection. Just then yes. you can get free TV. Yes. So uh, it does need to go together. Um, mobile. Um, there was a major industry event last week, CTIA. I think that's in Las Vegas. Um, mm-hmm. I'm not sure what it stands for either, but that's uh, uh, CTIA Wireless 2007. Mm-hmm. Uh, bit of sort of picking up on what's going on there. It's actually in Orlando, I think. Sorry, not Vegas. My American geography. <laughs> um, Sling was there talking about, uh, and video seemed to be a generic theme of CTIA mm. apparently. Um, I like the uh, comment of, uh, from one of the analysts that says, if you went to CTIA five years ago, it was all about phones. This year, you hardly heard anything about anything as primitive as a phone service. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, nobody talks about talking anymore. It's all about uh, toys for consumers. Oh, and there. by the way, it's also a uh, phone, yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, Samsung and LG, um, they make lots of products that are doing TV-ready phones. I've seen some quite cool TV-ready phones, actually. Mm. Not bad at all. I mean, and batteries that actually last long enough. Um, but uh, things like when, you, when someone phones you and you're watching TV, the TV pauses and starts oh, again right. from where you... Took it. So it's got like a, 
uh, DVR on your phone. Um, nice. I can see that would be useful. Again, I'm, I'm still not convinced about when I'd actually watch TV on a phone. Mm. Um, Sling had their Sling Player mobile mm-hmm. uh, launching on different platforms. Um, an interesting application, I think, was um, kind of sharing video where you could sort of gift, whether it's super distribution or gifting, I'm not sure the precise term, but essentially if you're watching something cool, you can then, mm-hmm. in the same way you might sort of uh, SMS or text someone something cool, a joke or something, you could actually push the video to them and then potentially talk to them at the same time. Yeah, right. Um, but you have to have a 3G network, um, right. have someone else. It's a bit like kind of a Zoom scenario where you've mm. got to know someone mm. else who's got the same stuff and it's so niche that... That's true. But that would be quite neat if you videoed some event on your phone and then were able to push it to a bunch of people that were your friends. Yeah, or, I mean, way. I guess extrapolating that, there's no reason you couldn't do... I mean, there's a lot of news reports now on mainstream TV which have video footage from phones. You could mm. almost be a virtual video jockey if you could suddenly start pushing and super distributing your content out. So everyone, the world could watch you live doing something. Cool. I'll have to do something interesting now. That would be cool. (laughs) Um, uh, Other stuff that came up, there was, uh, we we talked before about um, just DRM standards on phones. Mm -hmm. Uh, And the principal one, I think, is OMA, the open. I've never actually heard of the actual Marlin standard. Well, I think we we did touch a fishy standard um, around as well. <laughs> That's um, right. Yes, can't remember the name of the other fishy one. Can you? I can't it's definitely remember. like it. It's an, it's another fish related one. Yes. Um, but he pitched in with uh, um, Oma, and I don't quite know what this means other than it's one set of standards, and uh, basically they've called it Omarlin. <laughs> I mean, that's a, so what are they aiming, of- aiming for? Interoperability. Now that's interesting because yes. most of the DRM technologies, the whole point of them is that they're secure and proprietary. Here we go. It says, Marlin's flexible domain management and home networking features coupled with OMA's strong feature set and broad adopter base means the world can look at both technologies as a powerful, single, open platform. Right. Hmm. Um, there we go. Most bizarre. But I think maybe that's, I think Marlin came from Philips. It looks like that. So okay. They're, they're right. together. Um, so I think that's uh, I guess it's a good thing because too many I mean standards are good but too many disparate standards leads to fragmentation so exactly and then that means that means uh, greater cost for consumers because uh, you can't have one device that connects to anything you have to have a particular license on we're vaguely connected to the business and we don't know the difference between Omer and Marlin so what hope does a consumer (laughs) exactly Um, and this is buried in the phone I mean on this kind of phone topic I went to visit uh, one of the phone high street retailers here in the UK Mm -hmm. yesterday because I wanted to have a play with a new LG Prada phone which hit oh, the streets yeah. this week um, you know and you ask these guys questions and they're just kind of smart young guys don't really know they're just it's all about the price and the money so you say you know what features does the phone have mm. and the guy goes oh I don't know um, you know and then you say well can we find out and he says okay yeah and he has to look at the LG Prada website oh, no. I'm thinking <laughs> um, <laughs> but it was it was interesting to see the phone um, mm-hmm. eventually I did manage to get my sticky paws on it uh, it's a flash-based user interface. Um, okay, what's it like to look nice at? Nice little touchscreen. It wasn't very colourful, I must admit. It hmm. was a bit, That's um, right, it's actually quite... Um, uh, it's sophisticated in its greyness. Yes, I mean, it's very... So I guess that's more Prada styling than anything else. Mm. Um, I wanted to find out about the data packages. It's got Bluetooth. Um, mm-hmm. It does have a browser, but it's used as some kind of LG OS. It's not a, an industry standard, so you're not going to get any third-party apps on there, oh, right. I would imagine. 
Still, like um, if you can actually put put apps on there at all, that'd be that'd be pretty cool. Yeah, but I just think, and obviously, I was looking at it with a kind of through my rose-tinted iPhone spectacles. Um, <laughs> and how does it compare to what you've seen so far? From what I'd seen of demos of, of uh, the iPhone, it really just doesn't compare at all. It's very much literally a regular screen with a touch interface. There's no right. gesture-based stuff, and it's just very much there's a grid of stuff you touch on them. Um, right. There was a game as well, which I had a quick look at, which was probably the brightest thing. But again, it was very, mm-hmm. it was like um, Tetris, but you'd touch the screen. Um, Right. And I, I take the point about texting as well. If you're a big texter, mm-hmm. I think texting with a touch screen is not going to be very easy. No, because I mean, I my phone the D the Samsung D900 is thin because uh, it doesn't have much in the way of tactile feedback on the keypad. I, I'd imagine right. that the uh, feedback on a touch screen would be pretty much well, zero, zero, basically. Yeah, but I think the iPhone they were looking to as your finger gets close to something, the actual the letter was going to expand, so it's going to be a mini keyboard which would get bigger, so you'd have some right. visual feedback, but no. Visual, potentially, and audio feedback, but mm. no, uh, no tactile. Mm. Um, but you're a bit of a demon texter anyway, Ian. You're, That's right, I can text, text it with the best text of Text with your thumbs tied behind your back. <laughs> see, yeah. That's right, so uh, uh, we'll see. When, when you get your Apple iPhone, we'll have to... Yes, uh, unless we swing by the US, and I'm, I'm sure people will be just accidentally getting them out and sitting them on the table at meetings before... I know, I can just in. imagine. <laughs> <laughs> and I think the rumoured date right now is 11th of June... Right. Uh, coinciding with the Apple Worldwide Developer Conference, so uh, <laughs> yeah, so it'll be like um, everyone puts their phones on the table and it's like, ooh, we've got an Apple iPhone, okay, and nothing gets done <laughs> in that meeting. Yes. <laughs> I mean, sometimes at these Worldwide Developer Conferences for Apple, they you know they tape something under the you know, under your seat, you will find this version. So I'm sure everyone will be going under and looking under the seat to check the phones before mm. they go in. Very cool. So they try and try and do things like that. Um, okay, uh, gaming. Um, mm-hmm. I've I've had my my PS3 for a week or so. And how's it been? Um, Are you happy with all it? Right, actually. Yeah, I am. I'm uh, fairly happy with it. More for I think for um, doing not so much the gaming. I haven't got many multiplayer games, so mm-hmm. I'm looking to do more multiplayer stuff. But uh, downloading some of the demos, Gran Turismo, and mm-hmm. Formula One stuff. Uh, the demo games, I must say, are a bit a bit uninspiring. Right. Um, the scenery is amazing, but the actual gameplay not so great. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, Resistance Fall of Man seems to be the the game the kind moment, of the big which one, the first person shooter. Style. Right. Yeah, and it's fun. It is fun. So I've seen it uh, on demo in some of the shops here in Australia. Is it the launch in Europe is timed at the same? You know, happened at the same yeah, time as the Australian yeah, launch, that. and uh, lots of the shops have got it set up with uh, big HD screens. And you know, of the games that I've seen, most of which seem to be driving games. Uh, yeah, it is. It is very beautiful to look at this, the the um, quality of the but graphics. But I think no more amazing. beautiful than an Xbox 360. That's the thing. So probably um, true. But anyway, I don't. Yeah. I, I mean, I guess, and I don't quite know why. But there's no Xbox 360s on big screens hanging around the shopping centres. It's all PS3s. So yeah, you know, I guess probably because Sony likes to loan a quick high def screen out. Right. Yes. Yeah, so I guess time, they have so. that option, don't they? <laughs> Which does help. Um, so some of the numbers we got in on the gaming front are the in February mm-hmm. uh, the Wii sold I guess it's what three hundred thirty five thousand units I don't know if this is worldwide I guess it probably is um, uh, or probably US maybe uh, the Xbox three sixty two hundred twenty eight thousand units and the PS three one hundred twenty seven thousand units so All right. I guess this is uh, this is pre European launch mm-hmm. so it's basically saying that the PS three is not selling as much as um, mm. as the others, and the Wii is the winner. I mean, that's the the art- Wii are the champions. Is the thing here, right? Um, 
Well, I have a Wii, so uh, I'm in that. Yeah, me too. <laughs> and it's cheap. It's the cheapest platform as well. And I think it is probably the most engaging platform. It's, it, it crosses new boundaries, mm. as, as I guess we suspected. Gets the uh, older and younger generation playing, mm-hmm. and it's a lot easier to use. Um, and it, it does I seem to be the. Uh, I mean, the discussions I've had with people that uh, work in in the you know like in the game uh, high street stores. Yeah, uh, saying you know the problem with the Wii is that every everyone's coming in to buy one. It's, it's you know old people, young people. Uh, women. Is there availability in um, Australia for Wii? Uh, there is availability. Like so I've been able to go to shops and see it. You know, it, it they all say limited stock, but they've they've definitely got them for sale. Um, oh, right, so they're okay. doing well. They, like in the UK, if you actually ask, uh, maybe there's a waiting list or something. It's like impossible that. in the UK um, at the moment. You got to bring yeah. lots of stores and hunt them down. But um, <laughs> hmm. But I think I'm just, I mean, when Star Wars comes out in the Wii, that's going to be cool. <laughs> That'd be uh, fantastic. Well, you imagine lightsaber fighting. I mean, fantastic. and there's no network gaming, which is the other thing. Yeah, I mean, and that's, that's the only thing I've been disappointed with the Wii is that uh, the kind of communal feel, the whole Wii thing is uh, realised, I think. I did, I did have some um, some Miis turn up on my console at the weekend. Ah, excellent. Well, that's... I think maybe, I don't know if any of your Miis turned up. Well, I hope so, because um, I sent you some Miis, but... Uh, yeah, we'll but I actually had a me from a buddy of mine that looks just like him. Really? And you went, oh, I know who that yeah. is. <laughs> you <laughs> and actually my wife had some girlfriends over the weekend the and they all made, they loved it because they all made me's that looked like them as well. <laughs> and it does, it does, because I mean, when I made a me, it was just like a random thing. All oh, right. Um, but if it does make a difference when you're playing four player tennis, because then you can actually see who you exactly. are. Exactly. And um, it's a point of quite some contention because I've had people spend, you know, quite some time going, you know, my, I think my hair is a bit browner than that. How do we make it a bit more spiky? And uh, <laughs> It's the company you keep in. It's the company you keep. And I did watch a bit of my Apple TV as well, looking at all the movie previews as well. I was quite, um, and uh, it was quite interesting. They look so. good. I have used that a little bit, but I'm still waiting for the, the 1.1 upgrade where it becomes a lot more useful. Ah, yes. So, uh, well, uh, I think um, I, I saw some for a sale here in Australia, and uh, I was tempted to go and ask one of the salespeople, what do you do with one? But um, I don't know that they didn't necessarily have a good answer. So They might give you a frank Australian answer. <laughs> the answer is nothing, <laughs> buy something else. <laughs> but, uh, yes, yeah, so yeah. I think that'll um, come. Well, come. When the content comes, uh, I think that'll take off. So. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and the other bit of news was um, Guitar Hero apparently is launched on the Xbox 360. So, yeah, right. Uh, so there'll be the opportunity to rock, I guess, wirelessly rock, which will make it a bit Wirelessly more rock and also maybe in 5.1 surround sound. I don't know. What advantage would you have? What are the graphics like in Guitar Hero? Do you think they warrant high definition? Um, no, not really. I mean, there's a lot of <laughs> stuff going on in the background. I mean, I can play it on my PlayStation 2 in 480p anyway uh-huh. with 5.1. Right. So. Well, uh, I don't quite know what extra to get on the 360 other than a wireless. Uh, other than not X, having to buy a PS2. Yeah, it's probably <laughs> it probably isn't much more expensive to buy a PS2 and the game just on its own. <laughs> probably not. Um, but there we go. But I did see um, a wireless okay. PS2 Guitar Hero controller. In fact, in the, in the yeah. shops in the last couple of days, which would be very very cool. Yeah, I've, I did see some adapters actually in the in when I was in the US as well. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I think it's more part of the fun is having the wire there and yank. The game does pause actually if you yank out the. Yeah, right. <laughs> you get too excited. <laughs> so, it's obviously they have thought of everything. Um, so, Excellent. Not bad at all. Um, anyway, so I, I think thanks for everyone for listening. Um, you can send us feedback. What's the address here? Feedback at onthecatchpodcast.com. Love to hear your comments Brilliant. or questions or anything at all. Mm-hmm. 
and uh, we've still got a few goodies in our goodie bag so do drop us a line with a top tip or story and uh, we'll get one of them out to you um, fabulous well thanks very much for listening I'm looking forward to episode 40 coming of age I suppose in some kind of weird way for sure uh, and we'll catch up uh, next week with you guys thanks for listening alright bye from Ian bye from, and bye from James cheers cheers